Hey Chris! Hey Jess, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm feeling rested. I feel like we took a bit of a break, but we're back, we're rested, we're uh, ready to record with stuff. Yes, indeed. Did you have a good summer? I did, yeah. yeah Me too. Fun. Yeah. Me too. And I'm enjoying I'm enjoying this time that we're going to spend together, and I'm looking forward to the snack. We've got two snacks today. Two snacks! Making up for lost time. <laughs> Explain to the people why we're having Today. Well, I think it's because uh, we want to have something to eat and something to drink, yes, which should okay, be good. Okay. Uh, and also because we all are going to start doing a different kind of short podcast as well. Mm-hmm. And so we don't want to uh, have a snack in a small, short podcast. It will eat up too much time. <laughs> so instead of that, we're going to... Uh, we prepared two snacks. Might as well do them both together today. There you go. There you yeah. go. And then someone has to decide whose snack is the best. <laughs> you yeah, have to be competitive about if it. If someone's willing to try both, okay. uh, they, then they can tell us which one they like the best. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so let's go Let's go with the drink first, because yeah. I'm curious about it. So I made this. This is a, something I grew up drinking, uh, and also is very popular in Australia. Uh, it's just called lemon-lime bitters. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, the, the ingredients are all there, so it's... Uh, you could just use like lemonade, like Sprite, okay. put a bit of lime juice in there. Okay. Uh, and then there's this little bottle of stuff you can get called aromatic bitters. Yeah. Uh, and you put a few drops of that on top uh, and you mix it all together. And it's an amazingly citrusy, delicious drink. I mean, I like citrusy things. I could, I could get you through that. Thank yeah. you. Okay. I've never pretty, had right? this, but I've heard of it. It's very pretty, isn't it, Jess? Mm-hmm. You've got to stir it a little bit because the bitters sits on top. Why are you making me work? There you go. <laughs> We're ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, let's go. Mm. Ah, it's sweet, but it's not too sweet. Yeah. Oh, I really like it. Oh, that's good. I like it too. Lemon lime bitters. Yeah. Uh, it's got this really, like the bitters gives it like a really amazing distinct flavor that I can't quite place, but it's really good. So for context, it's been like a million degrees outside. I wish I had yeah. this like two weeks ago. <laughs> it's so refreshing. Yeah. It's really refreshing. Thank you. <laughs> You're very, very welcome. Mm. Okay. And then my snack is also something that I grew up having and that I still have because I'm a child at heart. <laughs> um, I feel like it's not for everyone and I respect that, but it's basically peanut butter jelly waffles because sometimes there's no bread at home (laughs) all you've got is waffles so peanut butter and jelly i use the crunchy peanut butter because you want so it's like an empty pantry snack like basically you know it's uh you know how many like things come out of when people can't find a certain ingredient like shortages and stuff and so they just choose something else and they're like oh wait that works super well so maybe you're going to find this is going to be on people's uh, radar soon I hope so it's very simple yeah it's like those uh, those toaster waffles yeah oh yeah don't make them fancy alright I've never had this before let's give it a shot (laughs) Mm. it's not bad for real? Yeah, I thought you weren't going to like it. <laughs> Full disclosure, I don't like the combination of peanut butter and jelly. Um, What's wrong with you? I know. But the waffles the waffles are really good. Okay. And um, it's got a lot more peanut butter than jelly in this bite I just took. So <laughs> I'm okay with it. Mm. But I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot um, in terms of the waffle, like waffle sandwich. Uh, so Jess took two waffles and made them a sandwich. Uh, which I think is a great idea as well. 
Jess has a mouthful, so <laughs> like this is fucking a lot. Kudos yeah. to little Jess. This is mm-hmm. a good, a good little invention. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm happy. All right, so two snacks. Uh, I'll give this a seven out of ten. I think because I'm gonna be nice because it's so hot outside <laughs> and the bitters were so refreshing. Like nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. I just so need to stay hydrated. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> All right. So now that we've had our snacks, um, yeah, today's episode, well, yeah, today's um, podcast is going to be like a regular length one. Yes. And the next few ones are going to be bite-sized, um, which is why we did two snacks. But today I wanted to chat about the promises of God <laughs> um, and just kind of why it's uh, worthwhile and why, uh, yeah, worthwhile is the word I'm using. Why it's worthwhile to actually not just read the Bible, but just when you come across promises, why it's worthwhile to actually take them seriously and mm-hmm. how that can actually give you hope. Um, and really quickly, I think the reason why it's important to rely on God's promises is because, one, they're true. And, yeah, if they are true, then they can provide true hope in situations that appear otherwise hopeless. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first one uh, that I want to chat about is Romans 8.28. Um, and if I can find it, it's, well, we've all heard it, but basically it says Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So that's the first promise. And I kind of have a mm-hmm. funny story about it. Um, you know how moms are always right. <laughs> it's annoying. <laughs> I'm a dad. so um, I take issue with that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just like so many times something I yeah. was going to happen and my mom was like, all things work together. <laughs> yeah, like moms like, often call it in advance for sure. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's and a like, bad idea. Someone's going to get hurt. <laughs> Five minutes later, crying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, like just growing up and like even still to this day, whenever like something, obviously not when it's a tragedy, but like whenever, or sometimes even in more difficult situation, whenever something happens and I'm like really annoyed or getting impatient, my mom's like, just like all things work together. And I'm like, that's not what I need to hear right now. And I mean, I, I don't think we need to use the Bible to like shut people up, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, when they're going through something, we just, we'll just throw a first at them and they'll be quiet. No, but there is, um, yeah, we can take a step back sometimes in difficult situations and be like, hey, because um, because I love God, because I'm called to him and everything there, I can trust that these things are going to work together for good. And maybe not what my definition of good is, um, mm-hmm. but um, his definition of good. And so basically there's a commentary that's like, God leaves everything together for good for his children. The good in this context does not refer to earthly comfort. So not me getting everything I want, but conformity to Christ. So it's like, mm. what is good? Okay, it's true that in the moment what I'm experiencing may not be good or maybe irritating or annoying or painful even, but God can use it to turn me more uh, like Christ. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, I think that's very true. Just curious, why do you think it's difficult to hear that when you're going through a difficult time? I mean, it all has to do with like timing and context, but it's just also... I think let's say you're going through a difficult time, whether it's loss or grief or anything. It's like, um, like a human emotion can be really strong and it's mm. hard to see things that are past that, you know, like because I'm all up in my feelings, whether or not I express them in a healthy way or not, because I feel about this issue so deeply for someone to present new information. It's just really hard to accept because mm. like I'm kind of like in my mind, in my emotions, like perceiving something a certain way. 
and to have, yeah have new information is just I guess it's just not what we're always ready for mm-hmm. and it's just challenging to put our not me not always put our feelings aside but to be like oh despite how I feel there's this truth too I think human nature <laughs> makes it yeah. difficult so what I find interesting is the way that the Bible will bring up the same point mm-hmm. and package it differently. Sure. So just this idea that ultimately God's sovereignty makes it so that uh, God wins in the end mm-hmm. uh, and he brings that victory to those who he chooses to, those who are his, his children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so just that idea, all, all, good, all things work together for the good of those who, who love him who are called according to his name uh, just that idea is basically God's sovereignty yeah. but that's reiterated in a huge amount of different like yeah. variety of ways throughout scripture and so you th- kind of take a step back and think well why is the same truth told in different ways Okay. and I think it's because the people who it's being told to are in different situations that's true right yeah. and so for them, they need to hear it in a different way, mm. you know, in a way that's a little more applicable to what they're going through. Mm-hmm. And that at least gives us the freedom to say, hey, we should probably think about how we package this truth, how we transmit this truth as well, keeping the truth the same, mm-hmm. but thinking about how can I best communicate this truth in a way that's going to be helpful to receive. And I think that's often where we fail either internally and personally uh, in terms of our reiteration of the promises of God Mm. or in our communication to others of the promises of God is we don't do enough work in what's called uh, uh, hermeneutics and homiletics. So basically, uh, (laughs) (laughs) hermeneutics is like, what does the Bible say? Like really understanding what the Bible says and the nuts and bolts of it. That's hermeneutics. Mm -hmm. And homiletics is, well, how do I communicate that in a meaningful way? Yeah, that's where people have difficulty. So we we can know the truth. But even communicating it to our own hearts mm. is where the breakdown happens. It's in that it's in that packaging and transferring it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you know why you'll get angry at your mom for saying that sometimes <laughs> is because you feel like that wasn't said in a way that was really yeah. appreciative of my context right now. Mm-hmm. At least that's the reason why it confronts you. Mm-hmm. I've had this. I've had God confront me on issues where I knew that truth already. Uh, and, and, you know, part of the reason why I was going through such a problem is because that truth didn't appear very real to me. Yeah. And then it all of a sudden did. And, and sort of either through a vision or through uh, someone else help like speaking to me or through reading of the Bible, it just comes alive. And often it's, it's in a way that I've never really heard it before. Mm. And I hear it that way and I'm like, wow, yeah. that's so relevant to the situation and so uplifting to understand and so a truth that I kind of knew already, but becomes alive and new again to me, and it helps so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just about the way it's communicated. Mm-hmm. I think that makes it exciting, though, because like the Bible isn't this dry thing that was yeah. thousands of years ago. I mean, it is, but then like with the work of the Holy Spirit, like you, you can have it communicated to you differently at different points in your life, like kind of what Absolutely. you're saying through different people and uh, different scriptures and all Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Even the definition of good, uh, you know, that, that uh, Bible verse in Matthew where it says, uh, basically God giving good. He's saying, you know, even a father knows uh, if, if a son asks for a fish, he's not going to give him a snake. Mm-hmm. And he goes on to say, uh, how much more so will uh, God, God in heaven give good gifts to mm-hmm. those uh, mm-hmm. whom he loves? 
as you see the same, the parallel verse in Luke, it doesn't say good gift, it says the Holy Spirit. Oh, snap, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that makes so, me think of it differently, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so okay. just the idea of like God giving the Holy Spirit as mm-hmm. a good gift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit's job is to remind us and to teach us about the gospel, it's mm-hmm. to make alive the, yeah. what, what the teachings of the Bible are. Yeah, yeah. And he definitely does. does. (laughs) Yeah, so that's the first promise that I wanted that I think encourages me. Um, And it's exciting to think about how, like, yeah, it's all over scripture, but we can um, learn about it differently throughout our lives. Um, Another promise that I found really encouraging, it's in Revelation. So that whole, like, oh, how do I communicate this (laughs) without making people mad? Um, (laughs) Yeah, so in Revelation uh, 19.6-9, So basically, this book of the Bible is a hard one because it's like almost an entire vision. And if I'm not mistaken, um, it's a vision that John is communicating to like um, the persecuted church. So Mm -hmm. obviously people that are going through a really tough time. Um, And so he's giving them a vision to encourage them like in their present trials. And I think like for um, I mean, I'm thinking of me in North America. I definitely don't go through the same trials, um, but I think sometimes in our lives, we will go through periods of like loneliness, and it's hard to believe that there's um, a hope that can sustain us through this time. But I just want to uh, read that passage and then talk about, yeah, how it can like sustain us in moments of difficulty. So it's a vision, so it's going to sound weird, <laughs> but it's like, uh, okay, here it is. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals. I don't know what a peal is, but loud peals of thunder shouting. Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given to her to wear. When the, then the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words of God. And so, once again, like that's something that can... I think initially you, you're like, okay, what's going on? What are all these people like? Hallelujah. Like, what are they happy about? Um, and so I did, I read another commentary about it by a guy called Ed Shine. He says he's helping uh, break down uh, what's going on. And he says, Jesus is, of course, the lamb, the bridegroom, and God's people from all times and all places are the bride. At present, we are just walking down the aisle of history on our way to be united to him. And so it's like in our present difficulties, um, whether you're talking about like the persecuted church from like a long time ago or even today, even the church here in North America, when we go through things that are difficult, it's like, but we're on a trajectory towards being united to Christ. And I think that's important to keep in mind because it's not a type of promise that says, hey, everything's going to get better like right now. But it's like, but you're still on a journey towards being reunited to Christ. You know, you talked about um, the Holy Spirit before. And yeah, I think in those moments, it's important to have the Spirit remind us that what we see now is not necessarily all there is. Um, and because, yeah, some in Christ, something better is coming. So mm. that's something that uh, has encouraged me a lot. Lately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a beautiful promise. Yeah, because, yeah, a lot of the times it's like we look at the world around us and we can get discouraged. And, like, to a certain extent, like, yeah, that is, like, the, the easiest way to go about it. But then it's like, oh, but what if the Holy Spirit promises something better? Not that we can see it fully yet, but we can at least have the hope that, you know, these things are coming. So, Yeah, yeah I think it, it reminds me of something that I think Timothy Keller points out in one of his sermons about how hope needs to be 
at what in one side like transcendent and supernatural mm-hmm. like it needs to be powerful mm-hmm. and the other on the other hand it needs to be somewhat i guess practical or realistic or you need to have a connection to it yeah. and he brings out the point that people who have this hope a hope that's both supernatural enough to elevate their mind out of the situation they're in a practical enough that they see it's not just sort of so above and so you know uh what would be the right word to say i guess hypothetical yeah, in a yeah, sense yeah. they don't see any real connection to it mm. and and only that kind of hope can really elevate us out of our situations mm-hmm. uh and mm-hmm. so he points to the the persecuted church mm-hmm. and how the the hope that they had was exactly the right balance of this cool yeah. and you'll see on the, so you look at that and on the one hand it's something about it's like sort of a hope for uh, a glorious future. Yeah. Now, one day there will be a peace beyond this pain, mm-hmm. you know, beauty beyond these ashes. Mm-hmm. And so that's great. But then how do we know? Like, <laughs> yeah. how, like, you know, how can we hold on to that when things get difficult? Mm. And that's when with that future is rooted in Christ's appearance. Exactly. And so we actually have this concrete event of history uh, which is the really guarantee of what is to come that that's built into it. So we look back and we say, oh, this thing, which especially for that early church was really recent in history. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. We know this happened. Yeah. Uh, and this was you know, huge. This was just ground shaking. Uh, and that's the, that is the promise. That's the, the foundation of the promise. So you can hold on to something realistic in one hand at something supernatural or something transcendent on the other hand. And that kind of hope really brings, can bring you through a trial. Yeah. You're saying like the realistic bit for them would have been like, Oh, the fact that like Jesus actually came and he yeah. came back to life. And then it's like, Oh, I can see that and remember that, Hey, there's even more ahead. Is that kind of what you're doing? Oh, exactly. Okay. Yeah. 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 A lot of these promises have Christ at the center of mm-hmm. it all, which mm-hmm. You know, the whole Bible essentially is either pointing forward to Christ or pointing back to Christ Mm -hmm. as the grounding of our hope. Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, like Christ is at the center of our hope. And and that's why it's really important to not sort of see the Bible as just sort of a list of rules and some Mm. wishful thinking about heaven that has no real practical bearing on the world today mm-hmm. you know it's it's really about god's continuing story of what he's doing about the problem of pain and evil yeah. today exactly. and what he what he has done about it and what he will do about it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's a very practical book in that sense yeah and like you mentioned like the painery and evil that we're confronted with and i think a lot of the time when people are going to um, I think coming to the Bible, maybe not having read it before, their initial assumption is like, well, why would I read this, like, about this God who apparently loves us when there's so much pain and evil, you know? And I think, like, to a certain extent, that's very valid because, yeah, like, obviously there is a lot of pain and evil in the world. We're not going to deny that. Um, but we can also take a step back and say that um, Christ came to this world that was like ugly and broken and he knows what it's like to be betrayed he knows what it's like to be lonely he knows mm-hmm. what it's like to be oppressed like his people have been oppressed like forever <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. like 
yeah, we can either say, okay, there's so much pain in the world and I'm not going to believe in Christ and I'm not going to put my faith in him. Or you can be like, well, he knows that pain firsthand mm-hmm. and his death and resurrection means that he conquered it. And mm-hmm. so that foundation for our hope really does become a solid foundation. I think especially in loneliness, um, when we feel like other people don't understand us um, or just like through any other circumstances that involve pain, it's like, oh, but the reason I can get through this really is because of Christ. Um, and so I was reading another, um, just like a book about different promises of God and I won't go over like the whole thing, but then it's like, now we have a choice, right? We can look at the evil and say, oh, like it's, it's too much. Like I can't, I can't go through this. Or you can be like, oh, but I have a foundation to help me endure this in the present. And so the question is not, will God keep his promises, but will we build our lives upon them? Um, that's a quote by a pastor that I read. And I found that interesting because it's like, okay, now you ha- we have the Bible. We have this information where you kind of going to deal with it. Mm. What do you think is the right way to approach building hope then? Like if it's important to have these these promises as like kind of doing work on your heart. Mm. What does that look like? Like how do we, how do we facilitate that kind of process? I think for, for me, what I'm learning right now and like maybe in five years, I'll, I'll learn something else, but I need to actually, I think the Holy Spirit right now is teaching me to meditate on those promises. And what I mean by meditate is like, pray about them over and over and over again and then one thing that helps me is like to have a specific moment in my day so that I can just like build the habit not because I want religion to be a habit but just I want to have it ingrained first in my head and then later on in my heart um that yeah these promises are true so there are certain promises that I try to meditate and uh, pray about and talk to God about every day not for like hours and hours but I think that's helping me in this process of like okay I know this promise is out there but this is what it means for me and my heart and this is how God's um, using that truth to shape my heart so I think that's part of the answer um, to really the process involves a lot of like we think that um, these processes involve like a lot of hard work and they do but sometimes it involves sitting down and being quiet before God and stuff so I think mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like part of the answer I don't know if people are going to agree or not but it's like and it's obviously more complex than that but that's just what the Holy Spirit's been teaching me right now yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important to really make space for it in your heart. Exactly, sure. essentially, yeah. I think an interesting idea that I've been learning more about is I don't like <laughs> I don't like the way it sounds. So I'll unpack it after I say <laughs> it. Uh, but uh, the the idea is this: like doubt your doubts. Ooh, <laughs> I've heard of that. I've yeah. heard of that. Yeah, and I'm not not to say uh, that you don't take doubts seriously mm-hmm. uh and i think especially when it comes to sort of intellectual questions uh it, it is important to sort of look into these things yeah, and if you have deeper. a have an issue with uh things often there's actually great answers out there mm-hmm. but what i mean when i say doubt your doubts is kind of similar to like what your mom was trying to teach you mm. like when you're going through a tough time in that moment you feel like your interpretation of the events is real. True, true. And it's not yeah. It's not just an interpretation, that's reality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And your reality is causing you to doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, doubt the promises of God, doubt the sufficiency of, of Christ, or doubt the plan, doubt something. Uh, and the only thing that you're not doubting in that moment <laughs> is your doubt. Is me. <laughs> your doubt is like... <laughs> 
that's the thing that's real and yeah. indisputable. My interpretation of these events is beyond uh, question. And that's actually the, the problem. Like your, your interpretation is so what's like myopic, meaning like narrow minded. Exactly. It's so shallow. It's so tiny. The, when you, the window you see is so narrow mm-hmm. that it's impossible for you to really understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. doubt your doubts means don't take your own difficulty with the situation as truth exactly. and as like, you know, beyond question actually question that and you even look at like what jesus says about the nature of our hearts being that uh you know like the the parable of the four soils we have spiritual evil in this world uh that is trying to pull us away from the truth we have our own hearts which are so prone to you know when suffering comes just retracting inwardly and and you know or when uh competing desires come uh to follow after those instead of the truth that it's really our heart is a hostile place for the truth. <laughs> and we have really to do a... work to kind of till the soil of our heart, remove those weeds, deepen that soil of our heart. And part of that is just thinking, you know, like if I want to hold on to the truth, it does take work. Mm-hmm. And part of that work is is questioning my own feelings about mm-hmm. something and thinking, mm-hmm. I mean, hold on, is this really what's going on? Or, you know, is my suffering really because of what's happening? Or is my suffering a result of my reaction to what's happening? That's a good question. Yeah. And I think often most of the suffering people are experiencing is a result of their reaction to the situation. Mm-hmm. And their reaction is actually something they could change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah. <laughs> and I think with doubt your doubts, I think another reason why we should do that. And once again, I'm going to have to unpack this, but I think for me, it can be very arrogant of me to see myself as like, Oh yeah, I know. I know what's happening in this situation. Yeah. I, I want to be careful because I think when people are in a lot of pain, um, sometimes the appropriate thing is to like really listen and like kind of empathize and be there. But I'm just thinking of times where I was going through this a situation and I had this reaction um, and I was unwilling to change that reaction because I'm like, well, I'm right. And I have a right to feel this way type of mm. thing. And I know that in my heart that can reflect an arrogance. Um, mm. Not that like everyone who's going through pain is arrogant. That's not what I'm trying to say. But it's like the reason why we need to doubt our doubts is because, yeah, we just assume that we know that our, we, we, we assume that we know what we need. And so when yeah. we don't get that, we have a reaction and we hold on to that reaction through pride and everything. And it's, it's hard yeah. to let go. I don't know if that makes sense, but <laughs> it does. definitely takes humility to mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So. yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I think originally I was like, oh, this is going to be like a talk about God's promises. But I think the overall goal of that is to have a hope yeah. built on Christ and on Christ's character, on what he did. And so absolutely, yeah, I think that's the point. You know, the point isn't just to, like I said before, like it's not just to memorize these things, these promises for the sake of it, but to really have our hearts that are hostile <laughs> be transformed by like Christ and his character. What do you say is the the real purpose of holding on to hope? Ooh, I heard something the other day. I think one of the purposes is to show others hope, like Mm. others who are in this, are in maybe situations that I've been in or situations that are completely different that I actually feel ill-equipped to respond to. to, um, Yeah, I think one of the reasons why we have a solid foundation for hope so that we can point others to it and not like hit them upside the head if they don't believe it, but just be like, Hey, but 
there's this other there's this that you can consider and maybe you yeah. haven't considered that before i think that's one of the purposes Definitely. um but then like obviously you know the glory of god in the sense that oh wait a minute these promises don't depend on me they depend on christ and i'm so grateful to christ for that so yeah, yeah. what do you what do you think is the ultimate goal <laughs> i think there's some obvious ones uh like definitely not freaking out and not kind of becoming undone by, by difficulty. I think that's a huge benefit of hope. Uh, but I think one that's maybe often overlooked is like, it's a, it's an antidote to sin in some ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, not having a hope will lead you to sin, mm-hmm. uh, sin in all kinds of different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hope is motivating to keep working at something, even if you don't see the obvious fruit of it. Yeah. Uh, to keep going and I think sometimes in order to build God's kingdom and fulfill the mandate he's given to us we're going to need to continue working in situations that are very difficult mm-hmm. and hope <clears throat> gives us that that disposition to be able to do that it also prevents us from uh, losing focus on God and becoming all about me or becoming exactly. about my yeah. agenda for life Yeah, yeah. our hope is directional it directs us towards what God is doing in this world uh, and it can help us get a clearer vision about the life God is calling us to as well. Mm-hmm. I think hope is you know, it's really, really important. It's really important and it takes time to develop, but it's it's a good investment of time. I Absolutely. Would say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the foundation of it I think is important to reiterate. It comes down to Christ. Mm. What he did, who he is, that's the foundation of our hope. Uh, when the Israelites, a lot of the festivals that the Israelites had in the Old Testament, all, almost all of them were about remembering God's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And so basically to be a Jew, you needed to have a really good memory, ah, okay. uh, which I think as Christians, we should, we should follow suit. We should do better. <laughs> we need to have a really good memory and like forgetfulness can be the cause of hopelessness as yeah. well. Yeah. And so remembering who Christ is, remember what he's, what he has done means, oh, okay, God has, God is not going to leave his work unfinished. Mm-hmm. There's more to come. Mm-hmm. A work mm-hmm. that he concretely started already, there's no reason to think he won't finish it. Exactly. And so we can hold on to that hope and remember what he did and remember that Christ promised that he's going to come and re- return to finish that work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that, um, <laughs> stay hopeful. Yeah, stay hopeful. <laughs> I don't know, like it's... Um, like we said, it's something that takes uh, hard work because of the conditions of our heart. Mm-hmm. But the Holy Spirit is there. And it's not a hope that's based on us. It's based on the character of Christ. Um, so, yeah, we do encourage you to continue to um, meditate on scripture, meditate on the promises um, for the purpose of, you know, seeing Christ and letting him transform your character and helping you persevere through whatever's going on. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's our hope for you guys. <laughs> so... <laughs> I just did a dead joke, yay! <laughs> um, well, at least you found that funny. Just. Yeah. <laughs> you you just like shook your head. <laughs> awesome. Um, what are we going to chat about next? Because I feel like it's going to be something similar. Yeah, so like we said in the beginning, we're starting a, a new series uh, today, which is just these short episodes that may continue going beyond this series. We might see the format has some benefit or not, mm-hmm. uh, but the, the, the series will be these short little uh, podcasts that will each look at one of the Old Testament festivals mm-hmm. uh, prescribed by God, uh, looking at the reason behind that and looking that there's always a connection 
that we can still benefit from today. Mm. Like Christ fulfills really explicitly some of them. Uh, Christ, certain like the the new kingdom coming, definitely. Uh, there's echoes of this uh, in that that promise and that hope as well. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a, a lot of really interesting stuff to unpack. Yes, I'm excited to unpack it. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah. yeah Thanks for stopping by. Awesome. <laughs> Take care, guys. Bye for now.